Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Partick Thistlefoot. Oh no, wait, Heart of Midlothian, that's it. But we are now brothers in arms, Heart of Midlothian Football Club and Partick Thistle. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined by lifelong Jag, Mark Donaldson. <laughs> Mon Nahari rags. Apparently, <laughs> how are you? Yeah, what, what another 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 weird week. How are you? I'm not bad. Um, it, it it's weird. I was just telling saying to you off air, and I mentioned on Twitter as well. All this actual football is back. It's on TV. There's you know Spanish, English, Italian, German, and I really can't get into it. Um, Possibly because I'm much more distracted by the soap opera and Scottish football. I don't know what it is, but yeah, can't get into football on the field. Maybe when Hearts are finally back in action in 2023 or whatever it will be, I might feel it again. But um, yeah. How about you? You're, you? You've got football to be distracted by. You have to be. <laughs> it's my job to be distracted by football and to commentate on football. Yeah, I did the Coppa Italia final between Napoli and Juventus, which was... It was weird, and it's good being back at work because there's some sense of normalcy again. Um, but we were hosting as well as commentating, so we were in the studio and we were on camera. So it's the first time I've I've done a commentary from a little monitor down below me. Normally, you're in a, a booth if you're doing it what we call off screen or off tube, um, and it's, it's easy to see and whatever. We're in this cavernous studio with a small monitor. They forgot to turn the lights down. So you you then have no audible noise apart from the players shouting because the Italians, unlike the English or the Germans um, or the Spanish, I believe, as well, have, have not given fans watching at home the opportunity to either have Nat sound, which is just the players, or or enhanced crowd sound. So th- that isn't the option in, in Italy. Instead, we had a virtual display on the far side of choreography, of flags being waved by supposed virtual fans with coca-cola messages because they've just signed a deal to sponsor it's like it's like the flintstones because it's old meets new so in, in one case at times when you do certain games it's it's like barney or wilma or fred going along in their car with the rocks for wheels and then the jetsons come in and there's like a crossover it's like a mishmash and then the Jetsons come with this new fangled kind of technology and, and whatever, and they try and blend the two together. That's what this world feels like right now. There's the kind of, well, we can't do anything because we're not allowed to. We've been told by the government we can't do anything. And then there's the, yeah, but you live there. We don't. We live somewhere else. And we can do all that, but we've still... It's just weird. It's just a mishmash right now of of things. So, yes, I have been back. Yes, football is is back. But not in Scotland. And this is a, a Scottish and a Hearts podcast. And I wish I knew when it was coming back. I bought my mum and dad season tickets today for, for next season. And understandably, their first um, their first question was, when, when do you think we'll, we'll be back at Tyne Castle? No one knows, Laurie. I wish, we, I wish we had some idea. Because throughout all this, we've, we've wanted something to cling on to, a date of something, whether it's a phase one to phase two or, or whatever it is, a return to work or, or whatever. And we, we've been able to get that. There isn't a date now. And October, maybe. Come on. Who knows what's going to happen with the legal challenge as well? 
Why don't we get stuck into that? Because looking forward to talking about Hearts and Partick versus the rest of the world. Yeah, so let's get started with that. Obviously, it's going to be the main topic of discussion at the moment. Reconstruction or failed reconstruction and, and then the subsequent action from a couple of clubs. So uh, on Monday, the SBFL put the 14 10 10 10 permanent reconstruction option to the clubs, but only 16 of the 42 SPFL members supported it. Um, it would have seen Brora and Kelty Hearts promoted, so not seen them unfairly punished uh, during this pandemic, and it would have seen Hearts, Partick, Thistle, and Sonart spared demotion and also not unduly punished, uh, but didn't go through. And in fact, the championship was the only division that didn't see a majority against Reconstruction. It was 5-5 there. Uh, and interestingly, Mark, I mean, I'm not going to go through how everyone voted. We know quite a lot of them, but um, Dundee voted no. What? What? what, what so what was their... What, what were they all about in the, this whole thing? After all that, they voted no to Reconstruction. I mean... Because they're a shower... Of bastards. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know what's going on here. What annoys me? This is we're recording this on the 18th of June. First time around, when Doncaster said to Anne Budge, "Okay, you and whoever else can lead this task force," it became pretty clear then that that ain't going to happen. There wasn't enough support. So what have they done? They put lipstick on it. Put a wee blonde wig on it. Wee bit of mascara, bit of eyeshadow, wee bit of kind of blusher on the cheeks. I'm sitting this while looking at my wife's makeup desk, so don't get any ideas. I, I've now like got that. a pic. I've now got a vision of Neil Doncaster with that get up on, which is not it, exactly, and a couple <laughs> of little freckles as well. Um, they've tried to tart it up and call it a different name. You put lipstick on a bulldog; it's still a bulldog. So what's going to be different this time? And in the meantime, all that we've done. It's like stalling tactics. Well, we know it's not going to work, but hey, let's take another three weeks and try and con them into thinking they've got a wee chance. That's what it's been like. There's never been a chance. Whether it's 14-10-10, whether it's 18 in the top flight, whether it's 12 and 14 and 6. Honestly, it's like the National Lottery. There's as much chance of winning the National Lottery and getting all six numbers as there was of getting reconstruction in Scotland. So as we sit on the 18th of June recording this, we have wasted so much time. Now, that's why I really hope the way, and it's really annoying, all the others that are going, the cheek, the brass neck of hearts and partic thistle, 10 million, what's going on? Everybody would have done the same in our position if Celtic had been handed the title because they finished a point clear of Rangers who had a game in hand. Do you think Rangers would have allowed that to have happened and just sat on their arses and go, yeah, okay, well, we finished a point behind, but I know we had a game in hand. We'll just accept it. Anybody who's saying, oh, no, if we were in their position, Donald Finlay on the radio, shut up, idiot. Just come on. He was just, he was contradicting himself. And by the way, think what you like about Craig Levine, but good on Craig Levine and Tom English for putting, trying to put him in his place. He's a doddery old fool. He's just contradicting himself and going round and round and round. We've wasted so much time in doing absolute nonsense, giving a total cock tease. That's what it's been. <laughs> and we're back to square one. Oh, guess what? Who would have predicted that? Every fucker. 
Do you know what also annoys me is today, on the 18th of June, as he said, um, Nicola Sturgeon has confirmed that competitive contact sport can return next week, Monday the 22nd of June. Now, if we don't get everything right. We maybe don't get most things right. But if you remember, I can recall when this initial vote was happening, not the reconstruction, but the vote to end the season, one of the main things that we were arguing was, why are we doing this? Why do we not just talk about sharing the finances and wait and see if and when things can return? Now, we're sitting here and we're watching all these other leagues restart, get to finish their season. The majority of them are finishing their season to ensure fairness and ensure everyone has the right shot at the title and that titles are fairly won and that relegation, if it happens, is after playing a full card, even if it's behind closed doors. It's not ideal, but at least it's a fair playing field or as fair as it can get. We're sitting here middle of June talking about, well, Hearts can't play for four months. The rest of the SBL, SPFL can't play for at least what, a month and a half, two months, even the top flight. But contact sport can return. So all this time fucking about having to fight this and trying to end the season... Who knows where we could have been if we'd actually been planning for how clubs could get back to playing when it was when we were able to do so. I, part of me is just like, well, we're sitting here now with contact sport being able to play it, and there's no bloody fucking competition to play because we ended the season. When you were younger, did you ever read Choose Your Own Adventure books? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, okay. Here's the Choose Your Own Adventure. We're going to go back, okay? We've clearly chosen the wrong term. So we're going to go back to the time when we had the chance again so pretend this is the thursday before the friday where dundee voted yes no yes no yes no 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 yes yes no imagine that their vote was their original vote and not the one that neil doncaster spfl or whatever ultimately wanted them to to vote and say it never passed where are we right now because that was a while ago, and we've messed around ever since then. We've put all the lipstick and the blush and everything like that on, and we've we've tried to disguise things as other things, knowing fine well that it wasn't going to happen. Where do you think we are now? If that vote had indeed been the initial vote that they said they were going to do, and it, it didn't pass initially. If it didn't pass? Well, I suppose they would have just either had to soldier on without the season ending and start to put plans in place for how they possibly return or look an alternative in terms of can money be released without the season ending which I'm pretty sure it was pointed out by many including the likes of Rangers and Hearts and lots of people in the media should certainly be a possibility especially because it's a members organization and people can vote on whatever so um I think it certainly would have avoided all this infighting. It would have avoided clubs being unfairly punished. It would have avoided this huge divide now between clubs and so much animosity between... An an irreparable divide. Oh, yes, for sure. Um, I mean, how... I I, I really can't see how the SPFL and its current setup can survive. Because this is... is, It's been absolutely shambolic, even by their standards. I, I mean... And I, I mentioned this on on Twitter because a lot of fans, you know, like you said, the, the, the talking about the brass neck of of Hearts, and it, it it's beyond me because I mean, I mentioned top twenty divisions in Europe, fifteen are resuming their seasons, two ended but didn't enforce any relegation, two of them tried to enforce relegation, 
and both of those have been chucked out in court at this point. One of those, Belgium, voted for it like Scotland did. So as things currently stand, we're the only league in the top 20 in Europe who are currently trying to enforce relegation due to the coronavirus pandemic. I, I mean, why wouldn't we? You'd be negligent not to. What? Oh yeah, take your medicine. What? No one, as he said, absolutely no other club would have done anything different. The only thing you could say, maybe if money was was a, was an issue, because Park Thistle obviously initially said they couldn't fight it because they couldn't afford it and they have now received backing. We don't know for sure where that's from, but um, that's the only thing. But every other club would have done everything they possibly could. And you could boil this down to saying, yeah, maybe that same argument can apply to other clubs. But then, at the very least, the SPFL has made an absolute pig's ear of this because it's them who enforced this on the clubs. Even if you want to say you can't criticise any clubs voting um, you know, for the season to end because they were looking after their um, their own interests, like you're saying Hearts and Park Thistle are. But the SPFL, it was their duty to look after their clubs. And they, they've done... They, they've, they've made a complete mess of that. They've not even got close to, to meeting their obligations in that sense. So, <laughs> any argument that, that Hearts are, have a cheek to do this is... I, I, it, it's really beyond me. So, there's a couple of things here. The reason I chose the whole choose-your-own-adventure um, point of view when I did, when we were talking today, was based on what you said about Nicholas Sturgeon saying that contact sports can resume. So, I wondered if... Had we gone down the other path, had we chosen the other adventure, um, would there have been a second wave like there, there there was with the attempted reconstruction when we knew that was going to happen? Would they have tried a different way to, to get the same outcome that they wanted initially in order to ultimately call the season so that they could start? Because he was shit scared. They were all so scared that, that Sky would end up saying, well, okay, the goalposts have moved. It was meant to start on August the 1st or, or whenever, this new five-year TV deal, and they may lose that. Um, so what are we getting now? BBC are wanting some money back, quite rightly so. Yeah. BT Sport yeah. are wanting some money back, quite rightly so. Sky Sports are getting some money back, quite rightly so, which is, is, is a total mess. So that was just an intrigue as to, to where we would be um, if they didn't get the necessary votes Initially, would we be starting back? Would we? Um, and, uh, it's been so long, I don't even know who Hart's next fixture was meant to be. I know that Rangers Livingston. were meant to be playing. Well, there you go, Livingston. Um, that was uh, Ammonvale, wasn't it? Or was it Tynecastle? Uh, it's not called Ammonvale anymore, but yeah, right ground. Come on, son. Jesus, what's it called now? The, <laughs> the Willy Nelly Billy Stadium. <laughs> the Tony Macaroni Arena. So, so it is. So that's, part, that's part one, right? Part of Willy Nelly Billy Stadium. Goodness. Part two. Um, Unless you're of a maroon persuasion, which I'd like to think we all are listening to this, um, unless there's <laughs> some weirdos that uh, support given, another. Given the interest that a lot of Hibs fans seem to have in any post on I mean, social media about hearts, you never know. I don't mind reading about other clubs. I wouldn't spend an hour listening to a podcast purely about another team if I've got no interest in that team. So so this is purely uh, based on, on our, our listenership predominantly being maroon um and they would probably be the only ones that, that would agree with this i think the best thing that can happen to scottish football is, is hearts winning this legal battle and partick thistle and i'll tell you why if hearts and partick thistle are successful whether they get full half or, or whatever but if they're successful in their legal bid for me neil doncaster's position 
with the SPFL is untenable. And if that is the case, given the way that he, on behalf of the clubs, has been dealing with proceedings over the last few months, if he loses a court case against Hearts and Partick Thistle and the verdict goes in favour of the clubs and not the SPFL, I think he has to fall on his sword. I think his position is untenable. And then, and only then, would you get the situation of, I'm not saying a, a, a fairer um, governance of the SPFL, but that will elicit change if his position is untenable and he does leave. Because right now, i tell you what's going to happen. The SPFL is still going to be there if they're successful with their legal um, fight against Hearts and Partick Thistle. Uh, Neil Doncaster is still going to be there. The 75% or the 11-1 and all that, they're all still going to be there. And nothing's going to change. So we either get more of the same if the SPFL is successful. And most people in Scottish football are saying something's got to happen. Because the way it is going right now, as I said earlier, the damage is irreparable. There's no way you're going to get everyone back singing off the same hymn sheet. So what do you want? Do you want Hearts and Partick Thistle to be successful? And what are they being, uh, or what are they taking the SPFL to court for? Well, there's a couple of things. One, um, to try and stop the ejection, demotion, relegation. Whoever you speak to will give you a different word. And two, and I think this is more likely, uh, compensation. Because it is a members' organisation, and I, I, I'd be surprised. I think this is one of these... You reach for the stars and you, you find the sky, you've done pretty well. You reach for the sky and you don't get off the ground, you've got to aim high. So whether it's 8, 10 or, or whatever. But if Hearts and Partick Thistle are successful with the legal bid, I think that is good for Scottish football because it should mean change to an organisation and a structure right now in the game that is not fit for purpose. Yeah, so the SBFL have seven days to... Um to respond to the, the petition from Hearts and Park Thistle. Eight million is the compensation claim for Hearts and two million for Thistle, as Mark mentions. Uh, at the moment, no move to delay the start of the Premiership season in August, although this is an option that could be revisited. So, um, I'll have quickly, I mean, Hearts put a good quick statement on it, which uh, said, Harvard Lowy Football Club and Park Thistle Football Club have today lodged a petition with the Court of Session to challenge the unfair and unjust decision of the SPFL to enforce relegation to the extreme detriment of those clubs affected. Unfortunately, Scottish football has been unable to pull together at this time of national crisis to prevent the need for this legal challenge. We desperately hoped court action would not be necessary, but we were left with no other option. For clarity, our per... per- our petition does not seek to set aside or unravel the fee payments made to clubs, nor indeed the declaration of champions of the nomination of clubs who will participate in European competition. Uh, instead, the petition primarily seeks to reduce the unfair resolution in so far as it changed the SPFL's rules on promotion and relegation. If that remedy is not granted by the court, we seek in the alternative awards of compensation relative to the significant financial loss which the unfair relegations will visit upon us. As matters stand, we have not asked the court to grant an 
interim interdict, which would prevent next season commencing on the 1st of August. However, we have to reserve our right to do so in the event that becomes necessary. We would emphasise instead that we have no wish to disrupt Scottish football, but rather our aim is to have the proceedings litigated to a conclusion as quickly as possible. In that regard, the court has today granted our motion to reduce the normal period within the within which the SPFL must answer our petition to seven days. No further comment will be made by either club at this time. And I mean, you talk about revenue, and you know, it's not just lost revenue for likes of Hearts for being in the top flight, or part for not being in the championship, with obviously there's more money involved, but Hearts are going to have a shortened season. You talk about 27 championship games, not starting until October. Who knows if Park Thistle will even have a season at the moment? There's no news on whether League One will resume, or if it will. So, there's a lot of money going to be lost for these clubs. So I don't think it's any surprise at the amount they've gone for. Like you say, it's maybe more than they'll realistically get. When it comes to compensation, though, and I wonder, now this is not based on any inside knowledge, anything more than just a, I wonder if this might happen, a question in my head. If the SPFL, and I don't know if they will or not, if, if they maybe get some advice that there's a chance they could lose this maybe this is going to go 50 50 or maybe even it's more in hearts and park thistle's favor i really don't know will they try and put reconstruction out there again if the clubs are told look there's more than likely chance you're going to be hit with a bill of x amount now um because even if it was half of that even if it was say 5 million between the two clubs the SPFL have already said they don't hold any money, so that's literally just going to be billed to, to all the clubs, <laughs> all the members. So this this is where it gets interesting, and, and I mentioned the Donald Finlay, Craig Levine, Tom English, and Kenny McIntyre Sports Sound podcast earlier. That was something that was kind of, of, of brought up in a different guise, and it was pointed out that if they wanted to, there's a suggestion that the executive committee of the SPFL could oversee, not oversee, they, they could go for a majority would be enough in a vote okay. in, instead of a 11-1 or 75% yeah. or, or whatever it was. The point that was made on the program or on the podcast was by doing so, they could then find themselves on the end of legal action from other clubs. Yeah, because, <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I think Tom and Craig managed to tie Donald Finley up in knots. But 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 Donald, to his credit, was, was able to explain. He's very good at explaining things in, in layman's terms uh, because he, that, that's, his, that's his job. He's, he's got to try and persuade members of juries and whatever. So what he was saying was he had spoken to one or two other chairmen who have made it pretty clear that there are club lawyers waiting to find out. And if the SPFL did come in and and kind of put their foot down and say, well, nothing's going to get done here. Look, it looks like Hearts and Partick might be winning here. Let's, let's just change this and have a, a majority would be enough for a vote for reconstruction. Um, there is a suggestion that, that legal... Uh, I mean, legal issues could arise from that, and 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 clubs could could then attempt to to sue the SPFL. So so there's your issue here, in that we're going round in circles, and there isn't one solution that suits all. Right, we're past that. 
as Paul Mitchell quite rightly said last week, the way you go about something like this, um, right from the start, usually determines how it's going to pan out. And it looks like they've they've gone about it the totally the wrong way because uh, Paul was talking about ethically trying to minimise the damage and 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 keep as many people happy as possible. That's not the way they've they've gone about this. And and Paul also said he wouldn't go down the legal route, which I disagreed with. Um, but everything else that, that that he was telling about that, I I agreed with. So it's legal action right now against the SPFL. The SPFL get wind that uh, <laughs> they've got a good case. You're probably not going to win this one. They then decide to change their articles of association or have executive privileges and bring in a a, a majority vote instead of a, a 75% or an 11-1. Then there might be legal action from others. So the message from that would be you got yourself into this mess. Go and get yourself out of it because... There's not going to be too many tears if Hearts and Partick are successful or if the SPFL come in and say, well, it's majority only, and then they get sued from someone else. Okay, it's, it's your mess. Solve it. It surprised me, actually, with the vote. Now, like you and like most people, I assumed the reconstruction um, vote wouldn't be passed, mainly because the Premiership needs 11-1, to 1, and the Premiership is the division where... I guess reconstruction can affect them. There's going to be more teams in there, you know, uh, prize money shared out between more. What what really surprised me was championship, and especially below the championship, that it was majority voting against it. Because I couldn't really think how what the real negative effect on the likes of League One or Two are. It seemed to be so minor. I mean, you could you could argue that an extended Premiership from twelve to fourteen. That gives clubs like Hamilton. This is where you've got to weigh it up because you do everyone in a in a business that it runs well um, has accounts that, that, that they do in, a, in in advance. They look ahead, predictions and various other things and budgets and and whatever. So on one hand, you've got well, you might you might have to split it fourteen ways. Okay, that's not ideal. But on the other hand, if it's still the one down and one in the playoff then you've given yourself another two teams that you're challenging against that may go down instead of you. So weigh it up here. Um, can there not be a way that that money, albeit if it's diluted and divided by 14, um, can still be the same as it would when, when 12? I don't know. I, I don't know with, with regards to that. So it, it's a difficult one in the top flight. And as you say, going going further down, as Donald Finley pointed out, it's going to probably cost about four or five thousand at present, right? And it's hard to say um, what it's going to be like in the future, next three months or whatever. But for for testing per game, right now the analysts have suggested it's probably going to be about five grand a game. That ain't put, that ain't happening. You're not going to get clubs doing that. And Donald Finley was talking about crowds. Well, we need our crowds back. They're only getting two, three hundred, but. That's that's fine. I've, I've got no issue that that still pays some of the bills. To play behind closed doors is 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 not an option. Um, so to play behind closed doors and have five grand a game for testing, you ain't going to be seeing teams at the bottom end of Scottish football for a while unless that cost comes down. Unless everyone has access. Are we playing in a bubble where everyone has access to the same equipment? Uh, they all chip in for a piece of it pro rata. Um, is it going to be like the Major League Soccer down in, in Florida or the NBA in, in Orlando? 
um, or UFC, where everyone kind of stays in the one hotel. It's like a it's like a bio safe site. This this isn't that that's for top level sport. This is League One and League Two, so it's very difficult to know. And go back to what I said earlier: there is no one solution that's going to satisfy all. I think clubs have got to be honest. If you want to to take a year out, because you're not going to be able to do that, then they should be allowed to do that. But the problem is, it's an ever changing landscape. We didn't know at the time of the vote that we'd probably be allowed to play again. Um, albeit behind closed doors next Monday or, or whatever. So it's very difficult to say, right, we'll take a year out because you you don't know what's going to happen. And if that's a, a kind of a, a decision once made that can't be changed and then something happens, it's like, well, we could have played. Oh, a bit like um, Scottish football could have played later this month or the start of next month, but we voted to, to stop the season. There's so many questions here and this is the problem. There's not too many solutions. I want to mention something else, um, especially since we spoke about it probably about two months back, again, very early on um, in the fallout of this pandemic. And I should start by saying, in no way would I want or promote gloating about other clubs' positions, and especially if it involves people losing jobs. But you remember we spoke about when Hearts came out and very quickly made cuts um, to both playing wages and got staff to, do, staff to take cuts so they could try and get through this and they were vilified um, by a lot in the media and there was a lot of stick given to hearts from fans and social media and we said at the time this is what has to be done and you know everyone was saying you know Hebs wage deferrals they wouldn't do something like that this is how it's meant to be done and now it's kind of hit home with Hebs and they've had to do it and as I say it's didn't give me any pleasure that Hibs are having to do that, but I, I really struggled to understand what the thinking was with these clubs because we, you know, we're not financial experts and we don't run football clubs. But we said at the time two months ago, what are they doing deferring wages? We know football is not going to be back for three or four months. This is not going to work. You're going to have to go back on this, and now it's happening. And it, it, it's kind of, it's actually disappointing in many ways that it's, it's kind of it's happened that way that there's been so many errors made not just obviously at league level but at club level and now they're having to make serious cuts um which hearts had to do initially and it just it frustrated me because hearts got really torn up torn to shreds by and don't get me wrong some of the maybe way i put things and statements wasn't always the best but what they did was i think the right thing to do early on Totally with you, but I'm not into that kind of the, the tribal gloating and uh, and whatever from a professional perspective. I mean, privately in the pub, yeah, you have a go at your hips mate for doing this. They have a go at you for winning the cup in 2016 and and, and whatever. Yeah, that, that's that's all a bit of a laugh um, when you're doing it with your pals. But from 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 this um, kind of viewpoint, looking at hips, we're all experts after the event. Hardly anybody has got things right while we've done this. We've made predictions. What, what are those predictions based on? Well, uh, we've read something or, or whatever. Well, most of them are wrong. Um, it seemed the right thing to do at the time, what Hearts did. They got hammered for it. Others have come out and said, oh, well, we're not going to go down that road because we're we're going to defer and, 
and, and we'll be fine. This is what happens at times when you have a business person in charge of a football club, in charge of a business that is a football club. They have a fair idea of knowing what they're doing, especially if they're a successful business person, as Anne Budge has been, sold her company for, for a fortune. But she, she didn't get there by, by good luck. She, she got there by knowing how to make money, what to do to stop you from losing too much money. And she had a fair idea. Now, this, this was totally new, this scenario that we're all in and will continue to be in because you can talk about the new normal. Uh, normal's gone. What's, what's to come? Quick, quick example of that. Uh, I was back in at work yesterday, as you mentioned, doing, doing the game. There's four and a half thousand people work on that campus. I probably saw six people in 10 hours when I was there. If you can work from home, I think for the rest of the year, and in, in, certainly in the US um, and probably in the UK, there's, there's going to be a chance. Well, why, why are we going to bring you in? Now, we're owned by Disney. Disney, I, th that's probably the safest place to be right now. They've, they, we weren't even allowed to wear our own face masks. They provided us with washable face masks. They provided us with a thermometer. We had to take our own temperature and do everything like that. So it's probably the safest, most cleanest place. The only other people I saw were, were, were cleaners. Um, so they are not going to take the chance of having people come into work. Why? You can do your job. You work in stats or you work in accounts or whatever. You can do your job from home. Well, that's one less person we have to worry about coming in with bugs or a virus or, or whatever. They're trying to minimize the footprint of people in that office. Now, if that's Disney, one of the biggest companies in the world, most other big companies will be doing something similar. So if you're sitting there listening to this thinking, oh, I might get into to work in the next few months, you, you, you might. But I think the majority, the, this has changed. For, forget the, the landscape of, of 2020 as we know it and for the rest of the year has totally changed. And, and you're going to get where you think you might get in. You're, you're going to have to do your stuff from home because it might not have cottoned on yet because there's, there's parts of the United States. And sorry to go off on a bit of a, a kind of political rant here, um, but there's a lot of parts in the United States in the South that have kind of, they're just like, we've had enough of this. And there's a spike again, whether it's going to be a second wind of coronavirus or, or whatever. You've been told to do something for your own benefit and for your own good. Now, when you've got a decision to make, like Ann Budge had to make, like Leanne Dempster had to make, like everybody had to make, you're going to get it right and you're going to get it wrong. But you don't know at the time. You hope it's going to be right. And the decision that was made, Ann Budge, was a wage cut. I think the best thing that happened to Hearts was that there was uniformity of agreement that we're going to do this. Now, at Hibs, they were fine then. We'll, we'll get our money. You just have to, to wait a while. Now they're like, well, wait a minute here. There's, there's a divisive nature in that, in that dressing room. They don't know when they're going to be back playing again. They hope it's going to be August or, or whatever. But how many of them are still going to have a contract? It's, it's something that is easy to kind of mock. But those who are then challenged on their tweets that they put out, on taking the high ground and thinking, oh, have a go at little hearts because they've done something stupid like that. You've got a choice. You can you can have a go back. That's fine. I'm, that's not for me, but I'm not putting anybody off having a go at people like Tom McManus and and uh, and others. Some of them do it for the wind up. Some of them do it because they they believe it. We've all made we've all posted stupid tweets in the past. If you were to go through your history, would you be 100% happy with every tweet that you've sent? Or would you be thinking, oh, shit, I shouldn't have sent that, I'll delete that or, or whatever? Too late. 
it, it, it's done. It's done. So we got it right in this instance. We might get it wrong next time. But to have a go, yeah, let's let's take the moral high ground on that. In other news, on more footballing matters sort of football club, Daniel Stendel. Now, there was a lot of tabloid um, reports that his, he was about to depart completely, but it looks like the option for him to stay is still on, this, still on the table, potentially. He said he's keen, but the decision won't rest with him. As things stand, Mark, if, if, if the decision was down to you, do you, would you think keeping him around would be the best option, or do you think it would be time to start afresh? How much is it costing us? Well, I, I'm going to assume that if he did stick around, there's going to be reduced terms. So I guess it would be a realistic cost, I imagine. It would either... Because like, well, look, like both parties, we know both parties have the option to terminate. So if Hearts were to keep him, I think it would be on their terms. So it wouldn't be outrageous cost. So based on that, would you keep him around? He's on a lot of money. It would have to be a substantial cut. John Robertson signed a new contract at Inverness, Caledonian Thistle. What does that mean? Well, it just means that they'll get compensation of probably more than than 50000 if if he was to, to depart. If Daniel Stendhal wants to stay, and I, I think it's probably going to have to be about a third of what he was on, if not a quarter, because he was on a lot of money. Um, is he prepared to take that? I mean, look... He's he's a business person. I mean, we all are. He he wants to make the most that he can in the time that he has available to do so. Can he get more elsewhere? Is he damaged goods now, or would, did he pick up a a club that was damaged goods and did his best, but ultimately couldn't couldn't turn it around? So it depends on the perception from elsewhere of Daniel Stendel and whether he and his representatives believe that he can get what he's earning right now elsewhere. Do we wait that long? Do we have a plan B in place with Daniel Stendhal? Because things could change with regards to the, the whole legal battle. What, what happens if, if indeed, forget Part B um, being the, the compensation, Part A, imagine there was a reinstatement and we've moved on from Daniel Stendhal. And then suddenly Hearts are back as a Scottish Premiership club. Does that mean Daniel Stendhal's back as, as manager, contractually? Um, there's a lot of a, a lot still to go. That that was a very long-winded way of of not answering your question. It was. So you Neil Doncaster. <sighs> Do I want him to stay? He started a project. I think he should be allowed if he wants to and, and can come to an agreement to to end that project. I think he's got, I think he's got the fans on side. My my concern about starting afresh is the time that takes. Players that are under contract um, who Stendhal likes and has maybe brought to the club or um, has seen. I mean, I'm sure there's a relationship built up between the youngsters. Yeah, I mean, I, no, I, I'm actually with you on that. I mean, I was, I'm kind of in the boat where you know, if he goes, I'm not going to be distraught. You know, I think he's shown some positives, but he's certainly made some mistakes as well. And if he stays, yeah. I wouldn't be. I'd be fine with that as well. But I would certainly, you know, look at the situation. I think it would be the safer and better move to have him stay. Because one thing we've lacked so much season after season is consistency. And to be honest, you know, we spoke about the squad in a recent show. 
you know, we've got a squad of about 30-odd, and I just can't see that squad changing much next season without great expense. So, But it's, all, it's also a squad, Laurie, that if, if that squad doesn't win the championship next season, <laughs> we've got bigger problems than we thought. And yeah, exactly. And at least Stendhal now has a relationship with those players. They seemed to at least be playing for him. Fair enough. The performances weren't all great. Tactically, he made some errors. But he, as, as you say, he took over not just a sinking ship. I mean, the ship was was you know was barely had the mast above water still. Um, so I, I I would be happy to give him more time. And I think there might be other options out there. But you're going to be who asked. are they? Let, let, let's kind of let's think about that. Because as I say, Hearts need to have a plan B if it, if it isn't Stendhal. But the, the problem is if we take, and you know, who are they? The, the problem is when you take, Stendhal has openly said he's willing to stay. So we know he, we know we have effectively a choice with him. We can pick, yes, keep him, no, don't. Anyone else, surely that's still all going to come down to what happens to the legal battle in terms of will we be a championship club or a premiership club? I mean, most will assume that whatever happens will still be going to the championship, even if we win, but... There's still a possibility, you know, it's still open, I guess, at the moment. I think last season, if Daniel Stendhal had taken over, if Craig Levine had, had decided cup final, it's not a bad way to go out, or we made a change and Stendhal had last preseason, I don't think we would have been in the predicament that, that, that we're in. Hypothetically, it's easy to say that, who knows? But I, I don't think we would, have, we would have been as bad as we were. It was like sticking plasters until January and then it was like panic. And that's why I'm kind of I'm leaning towards keeping him. If he wants to stay and he's and we can come to an agreement financially, why 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 are we looking elsewhere? And if I'd said that five minutes ago, then three and a half of the last five minutes wouldn't even have been required. I don't think we need to go over too much more of that at the moment. I wanted to throw something. A little bit lighter out there because um, it's all been very serious so far this week. So um, someone actually sent me a story the other day, uh, someone I know who's a Hearts fan. and um, it, it Was that a Choose Your Own Adventure? Um, well, uh, you, could, you could find many parts of this story where he probably picked the wrong option. Um, I think we've talked about this sort of thing before, which is kind of like away day stories not related to the actual football itself so it falls into that category but I'm happy to revisit that topic as well because I think you know we might have new listeners or people might have remembered other stories or or experienced other stories since then but um, anyway this is in regards this was a trip to Dingwall in the season that we got relegated why does it, why does it always involve trips to Dingwall you get off the train <laughs> you're pissed there's a bar at the train station. That's the one, isn't it? There's yes. a bar. And yeah. I, I think the longer the longer the away trip, the more alcohol can be con- consumed, which often has a bearing. So this is actually the same weekend. I think I said this in a podcast before that I ended up getting thrown out of a place in Inverness and ended up drinking with Barry Smith, who was highly intoxicated and was um, Ross County under twenties coach at the time. I think. Um, but this story beats that. So let's go. So this is from this is Tam, um, who's a Hearts fan. I know. Um, so Tam says, just established, I am now reading Tam's story. This has nothing to do with me. <laughs> so we went up to the game and I got ruined. I think they'd played Celtic the week before and there had been a bit of bother. So they were being very strict about who they let in. I ended up, I ended up getting refused. So I just walked up to the high street and sat in a boozer. I ended up spending the afternoon with a crowd of regulars. Had an absolute cracking laugh. 
When the game was about to finish, I went to the shop for a carryout. I got lost and ended up missing the bus. Thought, fuck it, I'll go back to the boozer. Get the train from um, Dingwall to Inverness and then I'll get back to Edinburgh. Fine, easy plan. Ended up missing the last train, so I opted to get a taxi to Inverness. Fell out with the driver after about 10 minutes because I thought he was ripping me off, so I paid him and got out. 10 minutes outside of Dingwall, in winter, wearing a t-shirt. Started to walk back and obviously got lost in a forest because I thought it might be a shortcut. Fell down a hill, the usual caper. Made it back to Dingwall for last orders in the same boozer. The boys were still there and I told them my predicament. They laughed. I said I was going to get a hotel. One of them said, don't be daft, stay at mine. Obviously took him up in the I like how he puts obviously took him up in the offer. It's a stranger, I'm drunk, it's Dingwall. Of course I'm going to stay at this stranger's house. Um, we went back to his, I had a bevy. And he went to his bed. I'm still up when the guy's daughter and a few of her pals come back from a night out. End up getting back on it with them. In hindsight, they asked very few questions about who I was, but I ran with it. Long story short, I end up pumping the guy's daughter. Wake whoa, up the... whoa, this is just taking a twist. <laughs> Wake up the next morning next to her, and in the cold light of day, it all hits. I get dressed, bolt out the front door. It took me two hours to get there, but I eventually made the mallard, had a few pints, and got home. The end. Whoa! So, so uh, there's a lot of questions here. Okay. This is episode 86. Yes. Uh, a good year see... for me, but not for you. A shite year for... Shite for year hearts. for hearts, but it's when I was uh, born. It was, so. it, was, it, was a, it was a good year until the May. Um, That's when I was uh, born. <laughs> <laughs> what, what day? After the 3rd or the 10th? After, 25th. Oh, okay. So the misery was gone. It's like, okay, I can come now. Um, so episode eighty-six, episode eighty-five. Uh, the previous eighty-five episodes have contained a heck of a lot of tangents uh, and tangenticity. But I, I would suggest that that the way that we two things we, we've kind of had a serious conversation, and then suddenly we've had this. Um, <laughs> this encounter between a, a, a person and another person, which I, I think that is up there from what we've just done, from a serious conversation to that, I think that is up there with one of the biggest tangents we've done. I, I'm trying to think, if you were to describe Scarves Around the Funnel in two words, I'm going to go with eclectically random. <laughs> what? Well, that's why I felt the need to use it because I was like, "Well, we're three. We're well, we're like eighty, ninety percent through this, and we've had no fun at all." So, um... <laughs> how much, how much fun did he have? How much fun did she have? Did he remember it? I, 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 you're asking a lot. Of de- I didn't go into these details. I mean, I can, I can what try and find out. We need to know. Uh, I can try and Tam? find out. Isn't it? Is Tam? Isn't it? Yes. You've got some. Some questions to answer, my boy. <laughs> he listens to the show, so... Sure he does. I'm sure he wasn't expecting a, a debate and discussion about the SBFL and legal action to end up with um, w- with an encounter the, of his making um, on, on, on the show. I, I thought that would have, that would have gone with a, a, our away day stories. <laughs> I just... um, not just flung into the end for an, an ultimate tangent. Just, just thinking of this, um, if this local guy was a, uh, because we beat Ross County that day. <laughs> it's like, that was your weekend. Oh, heart, 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 hearts beat us. Um, some hearts fan came back and stayed at my house and slept with my door. <laughs> it's like, oh, excellent weekend for you. But he might, he, maybe he was an Inverness fan, so maybe it was fine.
Do you know, if we'd, if we'd started with that story, I wonder where this podcast would have ended up. Probably would have still been on the story now, an hour in. Maybe it's best that we didn't then. And we just let, that, let sleeping dogs lie. Yes. <laughs> so to speak. Uh, do, do you want to put any homework out there? I mean, I don't know if we just want to revisit, you know, football days days out, the stories that go with them, because I don't know if there's any that top that. I, I've not got one that tops that, that's for sure. I'm 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 still baffled. I'm, you're, I'm... You're, you're gobsmacked, aren't you? I am taken aback. I, I, I am. <laughs> can I can I do my turn it around and and get you to come up with something with yes, you seconds can. notice? Yeah, what, what you got for us? Although, what 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 stunned you more? The story I just read, or the the news that Neil Doncaster has been appointed to UEFA's <laughs> control <laughs> ethics and disciplinary body? That's just someone with a sense of humour. Uh, like, thinking that that would be quite funny. Check is it is it. Is it April the first? No, we've passed that. No, I don't. I've, I've not. I've not been taken aback as much by by an incident that took place. That, that credit to you in the way it was written, because no one had any clue about what was coming next until that. That wasn't a ninety degree turn. That that was like a <laughs> yeah. When I read it, I thought this is a you know this is a fun this is a fun story. It's good. It sounds like Tammy likes a drink. It's kind of kind of capers he would have, you know, get drunk, end up going back to a Ross County fan's, uh, well, sorry, I don't know if it's a Ross County fan, but a, some local in Dingwall's house to stay because he's drunk and he's missed his train home. But yeah, that one just threw out the the final twist, M. Night Shyamalan style. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm lost. Or are, honestly, that's why I think broader Rangers and 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 the, the more northern teams in, because you can't say, oh, this great away trip to Livingston, because it's like 10 minutes down the road. No one has a good away trip to Livingston. No, I mean, you didn't even finish your beer by the time you got there. So let's let, let's welcome in more teams from from up there. Let's let's do what they do in baseball and like a West Coast swing. <laughs> don't take, please, so, please don't, please don't take that swingers. literally. No, please don't take that literally. Basically, <laughs> you, you fly out there, you play three or four games, and then you fly back, or you play three or four games against one team, and then a few more against another. Then you fly back. Should do like Highland Tours or or something like that. A game against Ross County and Inverness, and they've got Bucky and Peterhead and and all that. Um, and then maybe. Maybe Tam and others would have would have even more stories for the end of next week's Scarves Around the Funnel, which will be 95% of me being elongated and overly long-winded, and then 5% of total tangents at the end. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm just I'm going to say, if, if you've got any good footballing stories from footballing days out, let us know. At Around the Funnel, email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk we've done something similar but it was a while ago there might have been some stories that have happened since then and there might be some new listeners who who didn't get involved in it i think it's always worth revisiting those sorts of things um obviously if you want to get in touch about whether daniel stendel should be the boss or not or whether you think hearts and park this will be successful in their legal fight let us know as well and we can have a look through them next week before we go i just want to say as well you know you mentioned um your mum and dad have got their season tickets and I thought it was terrific to see more than 7,000 sold now and I think Hart said that there's been around 2,000 new pledges, increased pledges or one-off donations to the Foundation of Hearts in recent weeks as well and just testament to, to the fans, you know, I think rallying around and, you know, however this pans out, you know, 
my hearts will be around and, and we'll be fine. And I think a large part of that is because of those supporters. Yeah, and, and I'm glad we ended on that because I was thinking about wanting to say something about this um, prior to to us broadcasting and recording this today. There's been certain things that have, that have happened in Hearts that have galvanised um, the support. There's been certain things that have happened um, with Hearts that have split the support. And that is probably going to happen with, with most football teams. Um, no point in going on about when the, the support's been split because right now I think there's not quite uniformity of agreement in the decision that Hearts have taken, but I think most people, most Hearts supporters are, are with the club, behind the club, uh, agree with the statement and and wish them all the best um, as far as this, this legal fight is, is concerned. The other um, time I remember, you got to remember as well, the Hearts season tickets were, were four digits instead of, of five figures. Um, there were midweek crowds of like 8,000 for games against Motherwell. So to, to be where we are, I mean, the, the 05 06 season certainly helped with the start that we had and the, the season ticket wait list and, and whatever. But we've we've maintained a level of, of, of support, which I think is very impressive, given what ultimately has, has been um, returned uh, to the supporters by way of performances on the park. Um, I think the loyalty of Hearts supporters and, and it, obviously 05 06, but the, the big one was the foundation of Hearts and and setting things up, and the Big Hearts charity, uh, which have done well as well. There, there, there seems to be this thing among Hearts fans that we stick together, and we're now extra galvanised by what is going on um, right now with with the football club. So, uh, just it's a massive pat on the back to, to everyone. I think the majority are are pretty much all going in the the same direction. Um, it's it's a siege mentality right now, and, and we're all in the bunker wearing maroon and white, and when we come out of that bunker, as you say, we'll be fine. Hearts will be fine. Um, we'll probably come out of this stronger. And you know what? Mm-hmm. The way that everything has happened um, over the past few months, Hearts might be one of the only clubs to come out of this stronger than they actually went into it. And who knows what the future holds, but I think there's unity uh, among the support, and for all those that thought they were in a much better position going into all this mess than Hearts, I wonder how many of them right now would swap um, their scarves, metaphorically speaking, and um, for the position that, that Hearts are in right now. Um, we'll be fine. We'll be good. And with everyone behind us, uh, I'm looking forward to it. The future's bright. The future for me and everyone else is maroon and white. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, as Hearts embark on this legal challenge with their newfound partners in Park Thistle, popped it in my head very early in the show, a bit of dire straits to play us out, and uh, we will see you, see you, we'll, we'll, we'll be here next time, so tune in, and thank you for listening. Through these fields of destruction Baptisms of fire I've witnessed your suffering As the battle reached high